Business on Wednesday now. Hashtag business on Wednesday on the viewpoint in this segment on a Wednesday. Boot camp for creatives. Mr. Mklanganisi Matlongolwane, otherwise known as Umtembu in his circles. Founder of Desert Startup Bootcamp, and of course, he's a Mandela Washington fellow when it was still President Obama 2014, I think the time it was, talking to us about what his role and work is in making sure many, particularly young people, can get up and fly. Kanis, good evening. How are you, my friend? I'm well, sir. How do you do? I can't complain. Can you hear me? I can hear you quite loud and clear, you and your very charming voice. (laughs) <laughs> Tell us more Thanks about the Desert Startup Boot Camp. 2020 yeah, yeah. has, of course, changed the game for you because you've been doing this for a while now. But, of course, you would never have imagined when you started it, it would look and feel and be anything what it has had to be this year. Tell us, first of all, the concept of the Desert Startup Boot Camp and how yeah. whatever it was has had to be adapted for the purposes of COVID in these times. Yeah, look, and I think um, we always preach in our work with the different entrepreneurs that we do, uh, the concept of being nimble, you know, being nimble, um, being being agile and being able to make decisions based on the conditions of the market. And I think that's what we've been forced to do as well. But the Desert Startup Bootcamp is an entrepreneurial learning program that I developed um, with a couple of, 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 of Mandela Washington alumni from 2014. Um, we, did, we did the first one in 2015 in Uppington, and that's where the name Desert Startup Bootcamp comes from, because that's where I come from, but it's also a very, very dry part of the world. And the thinking there was you wanted to get into a space where you could do the following. In part, the basic principles of setting up a business and help entrepreneurs take ideas and turn them into reality as quickly as, and as swiftly and as efficiently, but also as cost-effectively as possible. And it's just teaching people the basic principles of what it means to set up a business, how to develop a value proposition, understanding market segmentation, understanding product development, and understanding how to get those products to market. That's the first aspect of starting a business. The second aspect of business, of course, is then managing those once you found that sweet spot. And so other than imparting that knowledge, the second aspect of our thinking, and this for me was a much bigger thinking at the time, um, and I'm glad it's evolved quite substantially, is that I wanted to start an ecosystem, communities of entrepreneurs. And I believe that Wherever you see in the world the most successful entrepreneurial sort of landscapes where businesses thrive, small businesses especially, are based on the fact that they rely on communities. I use this example because I've had the privilege to, to, to work and stay there for a bit, is a Silicon Valley example, where anyone in that community understands that this is a community that's based on the success of entrepreneurs. So that means the people in real estate, that means investors, that means institutions of higher learning want to produce people who build businesses. And our thinking was the very same and still is very much the very same with the Desert Startup Bootcamp, where we bring in talented entrepreneurs, young entrepreneurs into a space one where we can share and make mistakes with each other as quickly and as efficiently as possible, but also plug into a network of people where, one, they are potential customers or potential partners 
that make the work of being an entrepreneur much easier. That's the thinking behind mm-hmm. the bootcamp. You've mentioned this a couple of times because this is an initiative with the U.S. Embassy based here in the country together with Speak Africa and Charities Aid Foundation of Southern Africa. Of course, when you're talking about these particular people that you are looking for, and we'll talk more about the call for applications in a minute, you really have a strong bias towards the cultural aspects, the creatives behind all of these entrepreneurial ventures. Would that be correct? Definitely, definitely. You know, and I think it's something that I've always said uh, across the board. I've always said... Um, to anyone who cares to listen. Um, I think as a world, we've been hoodwinked to a certain extent by the hype around uh, technology as the next frontier for everything. Um, And that, in fact, has has sort of blinded us to the different opportunities that exist um, within the different sectors. So so traditionally, we were uh, sort of an industry agnostic program um, where we took anyone who had a great business idea someone who was passionate, and someone who was willing to work with us through the program. But this year we thought, hey, um, if you think about it, Dungane, in the last last six months, the people that have probably kept us sane as a world are people in creative, in the creative spaces, people who create content, people who write Mm -hmm. and curate content, people who are writers, people who take imagery, videos, um, those kinds of sort of industries, the creative industry, are actually the people who kept the same. Uh, we joke about it, and I was saying to Lisiho earlier, actually, we probably watched the most amount of Netflix all over in the world than we ever have combined uh, in history. And that's all the basis or, or the work of creative entrepreneurs, videographers, photographers, content creators, fashion designers. Those are the people that we're looking for for this year. Uh, for this desert startup bootcamp uh, aspect, because we think that those are the people that one have come into the light, limelight and have shown their importance in society, but also those are the people that actually lead the discourse. Those are the people that tell our stories, and we think that it's time for us to help them get to a stage where their craft becomes a sustainable business, and that's why I've we got have you. A focus on the creative industry. But it is that very industry, despite its contribution, especially in these times, who are shown to be incredibly and extremely vulnerable. They don't have, if you like, the benefit schemes and structures or the social support, if you will, that exists embedded within their trade or the line of their trade. They don't have medical aid. They don't have leave. They're either on the saddle and they're off the saddle. If they're on the saddle, it's great. If they're off the saddle, they're as good as unemployed because especially now when you employ these regulations, level five, nothing can be done by anybody. The entertainment industry, the creative industry, is an incredibly volatile and vulnerable one. Is there a way of changing that? Look, Bungane, I think one uh, entrepreneurs in the creative industry probably have a double whammy. One in that they're artists and two in that they're entrepreneurs, right? And I think that, of course, is very much a reality that I think is a worrying one. But that's why the building of community becomes important. Because once you build community, you're able to do a couple of things. And, of course, uh, a lot of people have worked towards building communities, support communities for entrepreneurs. But what we're looking to understand, one, is what is the business of creativity? And I think the business of creativity is one that we have a very little understanding of. And that's why you find a lot of entrepreneurs are either exploited, underpaid, 
um, sort of underprotected when it comes to their craft, and that's exactly those are the things that we're looking to speak to. Because once you understand the value proposition that you bring, it comes from a better negotiation position, especially now when you trade as an entity and not necessarily as an individual. Those are the things that we think about. You say, what is the business of creativity? Where do you put that business of creativity? That's the first thing. The second thing in terms of changing that, and that's why industry is important, and because industry must come and be part of the ecosystem of the Desert Startup Bootcamp, um, especially for this cohort. Because now, from an industry point of view, industry can be engaged to say, what actually does industry look for, and how better can that relationship work? Right now, what's happening, and I think for me it's a bit of a, it's a worrisome uh, sort of exercise, is that industry is able to pick and choose from a cohort of desperate individuals who are talented but don't understand the business aspects of their talent. And that's why, for instance, and I think it's a worrisome exercise, where artists sign uh, musical contracts but actually they sign their lives away. There's no real understanding of what it means, for instance, to own musical rights, which, by the way, is, 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 is sort of income that earns you in perpetuity because of musical rights and that being aired on, on radio and everywhere else. So that's the kind of thing that we're looking at. I think that, one, of course, the bootcamp is not going to be something that changes substantially or just overnight uh, the creative industry, but when people understand, especially creatives, understand the business of creativity, the business and the trade of the industries that they exist in, but also form part of a network of, or mm-hmm. an ecosystem of people that are invested in their success, we will see more Trevor Noah's, you know, we will see more Louisa Collins, we will see more Shoma Josie's, and we will see more Richard Nisi's. Those are the people that are actually sort of exporting internationally their talent, and those are the people that understand the business. And we want to find the young people that are actually doing that work and work with them towards that. Let me posit this as a reality. Yep. The, 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 the pop culture, the, the creative industry, and all these things that ultimately you want to unleash through the Desert Startup Bootcamp is predicated, globally speaking, of course, on English, the English language itself. Yeah. And we have seen how America has made serious commercial value out of that. They've got a market, what, 5% of the world. They've got English, which appeals not just to America, but to the large expanse of the Commonwealth. So they've got a market outside the United States. And specifically on the West Coast, Hollywood in particular, has effectively given America its distinct character and has made it this so attractive destination, not just for pop culture, but for everything else. In other words, the intrinsic value of culture to a society that can be exported the globe over and give it a kind of global appeal and traction. America has done greatly with it. Funnily enough, Bollywood is much bigger than Hollywood probably ever will be, simply because they've got a market of over a billion people. We're talking about India now. So in other words, it is possible for South Africa to develop a fingerprint of its own in culture, pop culture in particular, and with the likes of your Trevor Noah's and your Black Coffees, who are institutions in the globe now, they could be used, if you like, to help export this, but have it tailored specifically for South Africa. But now my concern for that is, would it have to be predicated on English for the greater global appeal? 
Because when you start breaking the South African society up with its respective languages and its cultures, it gets that much smaller. How do we export then to the globe? Hmm. I actually, and, and this now comes from someone who's not necessarily plugged into pop culture, but I actually think, Pungani, and I would disagree with you here, is that the language of mm. art is a language that's understood universally. If you look at if you look at the type of content, for instance, we consume on 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 our different platforms, Netflix as an example. I've watched a lot of shows where I've had to follow either Spanish or I've had to follow Dutch or I've had to follow Hindi, for instance. I'll give you an example. My son watches a a, a cartoon show on Netflix called Little Thingam, and all of it is done in Hindi. And and my son has to either follow uh, the, the the sort of the subtitles, but more importantly, he's four years old, so he's not that great of a reader, but he actually loves the content. And I think what we ought to be doing and what we should be doing and working towards is actually mm-hmm. finding the right craft, finding what works. And it's the same principle for business across the board, is that once you're able to identify what works for your target audience, the target audience will respond and they'll keep it sustainable. Shoma Josie is a specific and an amazing example of someone who predominantly raps in Shitonga and she raps about John Cena and that song was a global hit. So much so And in Swahili for that matter. Yeah, you know? And so 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 much so that she she she, she then attracted John Cena, the individual himself, who barely could understand whatever it is that she she was saying, let alone dance to it. So I believe, and I think it's something that we share um, with our different partners, is that mm-hmm. the creativity that we carry as a, as a country, the creativity that we carry as a province, for instance, in Gauteng, is creativity that is globally um, exportable. What does need to happen, however, is we need to, one, find the right market for that kind of content, because art and the consumption of art or creativity in general is very much mm. a relative and a subjective exercise. So we need to find mm. that right market, and those are the things that we want to speak about, finding that right market, finding that fit, finding the right people to be able to share your craft with, but also more importantly, once you found those people, how do you make sure that that relationship, the business relationship at the back end of it, is one that you as a creative understand, is one that you as a creative can actually control because ultimately your sustainability is based on that. And so those are the... No, I think you raised good points. Yeah. No, no, you certainly do raise good points. And I think um, on my end, I probably hadn't thought it quite through to the extent that you have since delineated the response to that. And I do appreciate that you are right. For instance, I mean... The example of Mama Mashlangu, who has taken her Ndebele craft and art to the world. In fact, she features in an exclusive BMW 7 series. I mean, who would have thought? But here we are. There it is. Ndebele is a feature in Bavaria. But now let's talk to those 18 and 35-year-olds who are listening to this conversation, who have heard that there's a desert startup boot camp that's calling for applications. It's run by credible institutions, U.S. Embassy in South Africa, Speak Africa and Charities Africa Foundation of Southern Africa are in collaboration with you as effectively the founder of the desert startup boot camp. You are 18 to the ages of 35. You are in the creative space. What should be the takeout from this or what can one look forward to in what 
you propose to be a 10-week online program? Look, so first things first, it's going to be intense. Um, and that's, that's, that's the characteristic of every single Desert Startup Bootcamp we've ever had. An intensive 10-week program that takes you through the building, core building blocks of what it means to put together a business, um, what it means to put together a startup, and how to get that startup to a point where you're considering what a business looks like from a sustainability point of view. We're looking for people that are, that are passionate. We're looking for people that actually understand what it, what, what it means to put into building a business. But we're also looking for people that are willing to be able to merge their talent and merge their talent with the ability to get into that space. The reason why we think that those kinds of people are important, Bungani, is that the entrepreneur, whether creative, whether someone in the technology space, or whether someone who is a waste entrepreneur, is ultimately the jockey that rides the horse that is the entity that makes you that money. And so we're looking for young people that are passionate in and around Gauteng who are able to, 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 to come into the program. And the reason why this is also important for us, especially from a U.S. Embassy point of view um, and the different partners from the city of Tony, is that there's a space that's been created, and this for me is something that I'm very passionate about, and that's why the partnership between ourselves at Speak Africa with the, with the U.S. Embassy in the city of Tuana is that we've created a space, the American space, um, the American corner in Pretoria, the ACP, where entrepreneurs are able to come in, access resources, access space, access basic things like Wi-Fi, Internet connection, but also able to, to connect with, with, with like, like-minded young people. Those kinds of spaces are where we want to create a hub for creative entrepreneurship. And we think that this program is for those young people who want to be able to part of that ecosystem, who want to be able to make their businesses sustainable, but also hone their craft to be able to make it uh, an an export-worthy craft going forward. That's the kind of person that we're looking for. Passion, hard work, and pure grit. Passion, hard work, pure grit. Do you have those? Are you between the ages 18 to 35? Do you have any question, perhaps, or what to contribute? 891 found a desert startup boot camp in collaboration with the U.S. Embassy of South Africa, Speak Africa, and Charities Aid Foundation of Southern Africa are looking for young people. How many young people are you looking for? It's a 10-week online program, Mshanganis. Yep. So we're looking for 30 young people, Bungane. Um, and the reason why we're looking for 30 young people is, of course, is you want a vast number of young people to be part of a catalyst of community. Um, and, and, and usually we think that the number 130 is, is manageable, um, but two, it's a good community where also we encourage a lot of learning amongst uh, uh, the different uh, sort of entrepreneurs themselves. So the different experiences that they bring, the different value values that they bring, but also the different sort of connections that they bring. And we think that there's an, there's an opportunity for those cross-pollination when you have a good number. Um, well, of course, it does get quite competitive, so I would encourage people to take some time, um, not too much, to, to fill out their application forms, but... Make it as comprehensive as possible. Tell us about yourself. Tell us about your vision. Tell us about your business. Show us your work. And that's what we're looking for, people who are passionate. Details. And we're looking for 30 people. Yep. 
details. Where do they go? How do they get themselves known that they wish, they wish to be part of this? Desert Startup, www.desertstartupbootcamp.com www.desertstartupbootcamp.com You can also, of course, reach out to the social media pages of the U.S. Embassy um, and CAF Charities Aid Foundation of South Africa on Twitter um, and on Facebook, those two organizations. to get a link, but desertstartupbootcamp.com um, and I will share it with the producers and I think I've already shared it on, on some of the social media platforms as well. For, for people to go in, apply, look at the content, look at some of the history of the work that we've done and look at the platform to see the work that's been done and the vision and how to be part of that community going forward. Let me ask this question because it's quite interesting in that the best part of half an hour you haven't once mentioned the Department of Arts and Culture in this country. What is one to read into that? I think um, <laughs> there's nothing to read into it, Tungane. I think what we have looked at doing, and it's something that we've done quite a lot, is that we're always open to working with different stakeholder entities. And, of course, the different departments are always welcome to, to partner with us and work with us in this work going forward. We think that the department, of course, is a very critical stakeholder in, in a community for, that, that, that one cares for creatives, but also in a community that exists um, within this landscape. Um, we invite everyone uh, in, uh, as part of it. We, we think actually the department will be a great stakeholder partner as and when, because here's the interesting thing, is that the Desert Startup Bootcamp is not just 10 weeks and people disappear. That's not how we work. That's not the thinking behind sustainability of business. And that's why community becomes important. So we're definitely open and we will be reaching out to the Department of Arts and Culture to be part of the stakeholder network post the program because that's where the actual value comes in, where the rubber hits the road, where entrepreneurs are out in the market looking to, 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 to sort of get product or get craft into market and the department then becomes a critical channel partner there. So as a channel partner, definitely one of the, the institutions that we're looking at. And in fact, I think this is a great platform to invite any other institutions that we may perhaps not know of that are looking to work and support creative entrepreneurs going forward, because that's exactly what we want to do, build an ecosystem that's self-sustaining. Clarence, I'm going to leave it there. Thank you so much for such a, a detailed explanation. I'm sure you're looking forward then to receiving hundreds at least, if not thousands, of applications for 30 seats available. Final comment. <laughs> no, thank you very much, Pungane. Thank you very much for the opportunity. We'll definitely encourage people to please reach out to us. We, we do close applications on the 1st of September, so people must make time to actually get and apply. Okay, final request that I have for you. My greatest fan turns 77 this evening. That's Mama Mabeke. She's in Port Alfred right now, very cold. Do you want to say hello to my mother and wish her a happy birthday on my behalf and that of the entire family? Ah, Mam Tebu. Diabulela, Mama. You must diabulela Pungani. Kin, Uma Makungu Nozul. Diabulela. Look, I think. One is we thank her for, for, for the work that she's done raising you. 
good day, me. Um, happy birthday. Have a great day. And one, we hope that we get to 90. See, see, and we're going to... Absolutely. Yeah, that's the plan. Let's get to 90. And thank you very much, Mom. Have a great birthday. Happy birthday. I couldn't have said it better, nor could my family have. Thank you very, very much. We appreciate that. Mama, Yaktanda, happy birthday, happy 77th. Everybody, that was the show. That was The Viewpoint. Bye-bye.